We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power? Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Who's looking for a way to connect more with their partners? I'm pretty sure everyone is. Good point. We are so excited to tell you about the cutest and most perfect way to keep the spark alive with your significant other. Meet Cute Box is a themed date night box filled with unique items from small businesses around the world. In 2020, a married couple and the creators of Meet Cute, Brenda and Tony, decided to create an experience to help couples actively engage with each other and support small businesses during the pandemic. And after getting our very own boxes, we can tell you Meet Cute subscription boxes are perfectly personalized and we loved using our items for a date night in. Every box is handmade based on your membership profile. So you and your partner have a new surprise each month. In my profile, I mentioned our love of movies and got the cutest movie genre cube. My boyfriend Ian and I love different types of movies, so I can't express how perfect this is. I also got an energy healing kit with Sage that I am so excited to use for my new condo and the best smelling candle to light after to give me the coziest fall vibes. Head over to our socials to see what else came in my box. Let's just say Tony and Brenda did their research. And mine was themed around a wine night by the fire. Such a fun and intimate way to keep our spark alive. There were other fun items based on my preferences like a candle, coffee, and treats too. It's also a great gift idea for others to disconnect from the world and connect with each other. Memberships start at only $29.99 with each box valued up to $100. And there's even gift boxes available if you want to send one to a friend. So if you're looking for ways to keep date nights fun and exciting, as well as support small local businesses, you can try Meet Cute Box risk-free by visiting meetcutebox.com and use the code GOLD, G-O-L-D, for $5 off your first box. But hurry, the discount expires October 31st of 2022. We can't wait for our next Meet Cute Box and a fun new date night. Each box is made for love, with love. And who couldn't use more of that? You are listening to Ivy Unleashed. We have a powerhouse of a woman blessing us with her presence today. We have the privilege of speaking with professional athlete, MMA fighter, influential speaker, yoga instructor, and mother, Cami Adams. Cami, welcome to Ivy Unleashed. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am genuinely so excited to be here and talk to you. Have some girl chats. Yes. Yeah, girl chats. But we're kind of fangirling because you are kind of a different kind of girl. If you follow (laughs) Cammie, she's like the epitome of an athlete, you know, someone you follow to inspire you to get fit and be strong and tough. And like, that's just a word that comes to mind when we think of you. I mean, you're a fighter, you're a yoga instructor, like just the epitome of strength. 
and getting to know you and learning more about you and seeing the braids that you're kind of famous for in fighting. Uh, when we read on your website, we were reading about you and you say the three strands woven together represent the strengthening of the mind, body, and spirit. Emotional strength, mental strength, spiritual strength. Those are weaknesses that I've had to fight to improve. And so we would love for you to talk about just the strength in your life that you've had to build over the years. I would love to talk to you about this. And I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but it's been a lot. And when I tell you I have literally fought to strengthen all of those weaknesses, <laughs> I literally have fought, but there was so much more going on behind the scenes that I had to fight for. Over the last few years, I, I have been being taught how to turn immense pain into power and self-love, turning rage, anger, depression, grief into joy, happiness, and ease, unneeded shame, guilt into the most compassionate, self-loving version, you know, of myself, which takes a lot of work, and choosing to let mistreatment Trauma, hardship, absolutely transform me into the healthiest version of myself that you're seeing today. When you read, she has fought for that. I, I quite literally have in more ways than I think anybody will ever know. So I appreciate that introduction. It means a lot. Well, we're so happy that you're willing to talk to us about it because I think it's really important as you're scrolling through Instagram and you're following these people that really inspire you to know their story that this doesn't just happen. Like you weren't just mm -hmm. gifted the way that you look or the habits that you have. You have really been through a lot. And mm -hmm. the reason that you're thriving is because you've dug into your, your mental health. You know, you've done a ton of work there, which we don't know how you're okay. You know, we don't know, is there therapy? Is there coaching? Like, what have you done to kind of get to this point where you are okay? First and foremost, fighting was a huge catalyst to help me become well. Yoga, therapy, an amazing support system. You know, without knowing my backstory, we, we can get into that. But fighting absolutely was the catalyst. Uh, like I said, yoga, personal training, weights cardio, all the many, many therapy sessions, EMDR therapy sessions. I actually have done a whole series of ketamine therapy, which helped me rewire very traumatic pathways in my brain that just kept me stuck for so long. I hope that answered the question. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I might need to give more context of my backstory so that you can know why I went through therapy, why I chose to, you know, fight, chose to continue on with yoga. Yes. We would love to hear anything that you're willing to share about your story. So originally what got me into fighting was fitness, but there were glimpses and little prompts throughout my whole life that showed me <laughs> that I was a fighter. Growing up, I had a little bit of attitude, a little, a little bit of sauce, but in a good way. I was always an athlete. I was always down for like backyard boxing nights. For some reason, I thought that was so cool and interesting. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Fighting was not even an avenue at that time for me in life. Fighting wasn't where it is now. It was very under the radar. 
especially for females. There wasn't even a path that I saw for female fighters to actually have a career as a professional fighter. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Through fitness, I had really taken a a liking to fitness kickboxing. I was always into self-defense. I thought that was really neat. It just piqued my interest. I just felt so badassy when I would learn moves. And eventually, I will tie this all together. But I had a daughter very young. And after I had her, I signed up for a college credit at this rec center. You you could take fitness kickboxing. I was like, great. I needed to get out of the house. I needed something new. I needed to start moving again. You know, after having her and if you're moms, you know that you just need to like get out of the house and do something at some point. That's what piqued my interest. You know, I was going to college, but then I could get this credit while being fit, getting back into shape, and then learning these new skills and techniques. So I would bring her, I'd either drop her off at my mom's house, or they had a kid's center at the gym. And I would do kickboxing classes with a bunch of college students and a bunch of moms. And I would just go way too hard. I was intense. I- I just was. I was passionate about it. I picked it up easily and I enjoyed that class for the semester. I continued to go for a little bit after that. I continued to learn basic techniques, but it wasn't actual fight skill. You know, you're you're kicking the bag that has the water underneath. So the bags are kind of always jiggling and shaking and you're stopping and you have to adjust it. And it just wasn't quite what I was looking for. Being an athlete, I had that intensity. I had picked up the skills very quickly. So something in me was just always motivated to find the next level of training. Eventually, that came through uh, a different gym. So I I still didn't know that I was going to be fighting yet. It still wasn't really an option. But a fitness gym that I had been going to one of the local fighters had set up a section of the gym that had heavy bags, and then they had also brought in mitts. And so it was going to be a real fighter teaching the class. And I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. And I was pumped and I was going to go. And it also worked because I could bring my daughter. And so that was my next step. So I started taking those classes. And that's where I really learned more about fighting. And at this time, fighting was also evolving I'd gone to the local fights. There was a female bout that I was so inspired by, and I could actually see a pathway for me to become a fighter. I was still scared of it. I was still very fearful, but something about the training just spoke to me, and it continued to speak to me, so I kept showing up. I continued to take classes at that gym. It wasn't a sparring gym, so I wasn't actually fighting people yet. It was just still learning technique and I was getting introduced to jujitsu, which is the ground game. Eventually, I found a real fight gym. So I started sparring. I started taking classes more seriously. I would show up twice a day. And eventually, they're like, hey, you're pretty serious about this. Do you want to start taking fights? And I was like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> what is that like the first time going in the ring and knowing like, I'm going to get hit and like (laughs) actually hit a person and like try and really hit them hard. It's an interesting feeling. And you train for that though. That that's why you're sparring is to get those reps in the gym. It sounds terrible to say, but you are learning how to take a hit and then fire back. 
you're preparing for that. It's not quite at the intensity as it would be in a real fight, but it's an interesting feeling. And when you get hit, you'll decide if like, hey, I can handle this and you'll want to fire back or you'll get hit and be, I I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) And, And it happens. You know, some people just really don't like it and it's not for them. And that's understandable. For some reason, it didn't bother me. And I really enjoyed learning how to fire back. Yeah, I'm trying to compare it to like running a marathon, right? Because it's like, I know there's going to be pain involved. And I Mm -hmm. keep signing up for more of them, right? It's like you build this mental (laughs) toughness, right? So I'm curious, what is that like physically getting hurt by someone else? And then you stay in there and then you're physically exhausted too, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, what is that yeah. like? It's a skill that you learn how to develop. Mental toughness is one of those skills through fighting that I have absolutely had to learn. What it's like is, you know, <laughs> I mean, you have a choice, you can quit, but if you're a fighter, you fight. That's just kind of what is in you and what you do. And you just fight. I, I don't know. How <laughs> it's but, that inner fighter in you, it sounds yeah. like. It is. And, and that's what I'm saying. It is not a sport for everyone. And that doesn't mean that you can't be a fighter outside of the cage. There's many ways to be a fighter. But having that athletic background, having a little bit of, I don't know what you would call it, fire. You know, some, some people just have a little bit more of that. There, there's not a ton of quit in the cage, you know, and I go in there, I want to win, you know, certain things happen. And of course I've had losses and all of that, but mental toughness is definitely a skill that gets developed every day in practice. Uh, a saying a lot of the fighters have is I only died a little today. You know, <laughs> each practice you're dying. You are literally getting your ass kicked. So <laughs> you get used to it and you can push through it, but it's a, it's a saying a lot of people day is I only died a little it's interesting to think about though how it kind of reflects your life you know how you've been knocked down multiple times Mm -hmm. in lots of different ways and you keep getting back up again and you're so strong and a mother and all of these things and so I'd love for you to kind of get into your personal story of how you've had to be a fighter throughout your life Dale, you opened your gym. Can you tell our Minnesota listeners what it's called, where it's at, and how it's going? Yes. It's called Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping in Maple Grove. We're officially open for business. The energy is amazing. People are excited to be back on the mat, just like uh, pre-COVID days. Awesome. I can't wait to check it out. But I've never done kickboxing before. What can I expect? Yeah, we offer intro classes. We start with the basics, and we're 100% beginner-friendly. So if I don't have any gloves or experience, I can fit in there? Absolutely. We have gloves, everything you need. Just show up with your bad self and a good attitude. We offer strength training classes, kickboxing, and advanced kickboxing classes. And we regularly offer a 10-week transformation challenge with five to six days a week of classes, nutrition counseling, and a private Facebook group that provides 24-7 accountability and support. That sounds awesome. We'll link Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping in our show notes so our listeners can easily find you. And I'm just curious, Dale, what are you hoping they experience by joining your gym? I'm hoping people learn that they can start where they are, that there's an athlete in everyone, and that they're capable of turning their health and their life around. 
Hey, if I can beat stage four cancer in under a year, I'll help you prove to yourself that you're physically and mentally capable of so much more than you think. Love that. And last question. Can you give our Minnesota listeners a deal? Heck yeah. Mention Ivy Unleashed or Gold Ivy Health Co. When you come in and we'll get you a free intro week. See you on the mat. A part of my story has been choices that were unwise on my part, which I take accountability for. Some of the things that I've had to fight through are other people's choices, you know, that caused me a lot of pain and grief. So being a young mother is part of my story. So I had my first daughter when I was 17. It was with a a boyfriend that I'd been dating or going out with for a few years. I ended up getting pregnant. I chose to keep her. We ended up getting married. And I'm so grateful for her. She is one of the biggest blessings of my entire life. So we love her. When I talk about having to fight through motherhood, it's not because having kids young or not that I didn't want to be a mom. There was just a very unhealthy circumstance involved with, you know, being married and being a mom. So I had to fight through a very unhealthy situation for a long time, which I ultimately chose to leave to take charge of my own well-being. That took a lot of fights. I know more than a few women that choose to stay, you know, in circumstances where they absolutely are not being treated right. And that hurts my heart. But I know every circumstance is different. I'm grateful that I was able to leave and stay away. Thankfully, you know, I have closed the door and healed from that chapter in my life. So when I talk to you about it, I don't want it to come off as victimhood or anything other than realizing it was a very unhealthy circumstance. I needed to take charge of my well-being. And being a fighter and fighting absolutely helps me do that. So again, I'm, I'm grateful for the sport and grateful that was a skill that I continued to develop to keep moving forward. When I talk about my story out loud, I'm just like, wow, this sounds like a lot. Because it is. It is a lot <laughs> to to leave a relationship when you have a child with them and be a single mom. That's That is a lot. It is. I had a wonderful support system. My family is amazing. I have very loving friends. And I'm very grateful for that. You know, a lot of people don't have that support system either. So that's something else that I'm very grateful for. You know, choosing to leave and taking charge of my well-being. I had moved in with my parents. I show up with my two daughters. We had three hamsters at the time, (laughs) a little dog. And we just showed up at my parents' house. And they were letting me live with them. During the time that I was living them, we had gotten a phone call in the middle of the night that my younger brother had chosen to end his own life. And leading up to that point, you know, my brother had been struggling, but you don't always think that that is an option someone will choose. And if you saw my brother, very handsome, he was a college athlete, very charismatic, funny, outgoing just the epitome of an all-star, a stud, just that popular, likable, kind, good human being that everybody gravitated towards. While I was living with them, that 
happens and your body, your brain can only handle so much trauma. So through all of this, I literally was just fighting to survive. You know, you may have not seen that from the outside, but that's what was happening. You know, I, I was numb for a long time. Like it, I wasn't able to process those traumatic events <laughs> for a few years after, probably five or six years. I, I wasn't able to really process, you know, everything that had happened within that six months. So that took time. But those two circumstances definitely changed my life in different ways. And again, fighting is really what kept me showing up for life. I was excited to go train. I was excited to get fights. I was excited to see the guys in the gym. It gave people something else to talk to me about instead of, oh, you got divorced. Oh, your brother passed away, which, you know, is just interesting. Bless people's hearts. You know, they don't always know how to talk to you during traumatic events. So fighting again was just a wonderful blessing in disguise that kept me pushing past all of these things that I, I wasn't able to process or quite handle yet. Yeah. And you mentioned a lot of different healing modalities in the beginning of our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, at what point were you ready? How did you know you were ready? And what was that first step outside of fighting for you? I think I realized I was not feeling a lot of things. And that got frustrating. I wanted to feel well. I wanted to have a clear mind. I wanted to have just more ease and peace within myself. There's a lot of negative feelings that come with grief. Grief is a very complicated emotion that affects you physically, cognitively, behaviorally, spiritually. It affects all of those things. And most of the time, they're not real positive feelings. Being divorced, especially within an unhealthy situation, there was a lot of shame and guilt that I carried, you know, losing a brother to suicide. There was a lot of shame involved, which absolutely there didn't need to be. It is just two very uncomfortable topics for people, community in general to talk about. There was just a lot of uncomfortable feelings that I didn't want to carry anymore, I think was the biggest thing. And I was ready to move past continually talking about all the things with the marriage, move past my brother's situation, not that I'll always, always continue to share his story and what I learned from that and so grateful to be his sister, all of those things. That doesn't mean that, you know, I don't love him and don't want to talk about him. It's just you finally get ready to move on from those parts of your life because it was extremely heavy. And I actually, I didn't know how heavy it was until I did start to heal. And then I had to feel a lot of things, but slowly and surely, you know, I started to feel lighter. I started to be able to feel joy. I started to feel happy. I was able to actually connect with people, have relationships that took me away from all of that pain, you know, that I was carrying. I, I feel like I, I carried it very well, but it, it was heavy and I just came to a spot where I, I was ready to not live in that space and energy anymore. Yeah. And you know, obviously this is your story and how it felt in your body and how you got through it. But 
you're also a single mom with two daughters that you have to answer all the questions that they have about divorce and their uncle, you know, and then they're living with their grandparents who are grieving too. And so what was that like being the mama bear in the midst Mm -hmm. of all this pain and transition and grief? Yeah, bless my parents' hearts. When I look back to when all of this happened, I still can't even imagine what they were going through. That that makes me so emotional to think about. My parents are amazing people. Yeah, so grateful for them. But my kids were pretty young when it happened. I mean, not pretty young. I think they were eight and six. So they definitely have questions. And I'm very open and honest about all of it. I just had to show up. I, I really didn't have another choice. I don't have an answer other than I just had to handle it. You, you just show up. I think with a lot of traumatic events, that survival mode does kick in. And I lived in survival mode probably for the next five years. But you don't really understand that until you start to come out of it. And then you realize, wow, I handled it and I survived. But that was a lot. I think you can start processing the harder emotions, you know, once you get out of survival mode. But like I said, I I wasn't able to process and feel a lot of things, thankfully, until a couple of years ago when I was in a healthier, safer spot where I was able to process a lot more. Yeah. I'm curious what that work looked like Mm -hmm. for someone who does feel like they're in fight or flight and is ready to do the hard work. Where Mm -hmm. do you start? And People lean on listening to stories of people who've gone through it, and that's really our mission here. So I'd love for you to share what some of those practices were that you really felt like transformed you. Something that I do feel like is a gift is I have a good amount of self-awareness. I was self-aware enough to know that my anxiety was out of control, that my depression at times was debilitating that I was having ruminating thoughts and I was stuck in this continual loop. So I had to sit with myself and really figure out what my unique coping skills would be, what would fit into my life that I could actually apply to start helping myself heal. And for me, that was yoga. Whenever I would walk into a yoga room, that piece the community, the uplifting energy was just so healing for me. The doors would shut and I could just go into my yoga practice. I didn't have to think about life for that next hour. I could sit in stillness. I knew that I was safe in the yoga room. I intuitively knew that it was a safe spot for me and that I was processing a lot of things during my yoga practice. That was a huge tool for me, a personal coping skill for me. Some people don't enjoy yoga and that's okay. Yoga was more of a container for me to start feeling, processing, be in a more feminine, softer side of me where I just didn't have to survive, fight people. You know, it was a a very uh, soothing, gentle way for me to start processing heavier emotions. I did a lot of therapy. I did do EMDR therapy, which led me to find ketamine therapy infusions, actually. When I talk about ketamine, I really want to make sure that people know it was through a medical practice. It was with doctors. It was a very reputable facility. 
ketamine has some negative connotation to it. So I just want to make sure that people know how I was using it. And that was extremely helpful for me. I networked with quite a few people that had also tried ketamine IV therapy and it didn't work quite as well for them, but I feel like it worked really well for me because I was more in a depressive state and I really needed to process traumatic events and fire and rewire pathways that really had short circuited due to trauma and being in an unhealthy situation for so long. So that in conjunction with therapy were two huge tools that really were a catalyst to continue to work through heavy emotions. But those were short lived, you know, the day to day practices like yoga, weightlifting, fighting, those were my staples for working through a lot of just day to day mental processing, feeling motivated to show up for life. I would say those things, you know, of course, fighting something about fighting for me, it, if I'm depressed, it, it just kicks me out of that depressive state mostly because it is high energy uh, with all the different punching and moving, like you do have to work both sides of your brain. So looking back, it was a form actually of EDM, EMDR therapy. I just didn't know that it was Mm -hmm. having a therapist just to work through those things with finding ketamine was a huge tool. But like I said, it, it was just for a few weeks, but it really did help rewire my brain and then continuing, uh, journaling practices, eating good food, making sure that I was creating the best container within myself to process all of these heavy events. I love that. I love the self-awareness of tuning into what am I capable of even trying, you know, Mm -hmm. and you were always drawn to athletic type things, movement, Mm -hmm. how wonderful to find something that was more gentle for you too, just to switch it up even, because you never know. Like I remember after my miscarriage, I went into a yoga room and I think it was exactly what you said, like the safety of the room and knowing I was with this instructor that made me feel so comfortable. I was crying mm-hmm. before I even got on the mat. <laughs> it was just like, and part of me just like laid there in Shavasana and just cried and she knew what was going on. So it was fine. But it's, it's important to find those things that you know exactly what you said make you feel safe, especially when you're going through a lot of pain. And mm-hmm. you kind of talk about the gift of pain and how it can transform you. And so I'd love for you to talk about that, like the transformation that you've seen from either physical or emotional pain. Pain absolutely changes you. And I do feel like it can change you for the better or for the worse. And you get to choose how it works for you. It absolutely can work in your favor if you choose to let it. With grief, it's a tremendous amount of pain. It's not easy to feel all of that pain. How it transformed me was leading me to find healthy coping skills so that I could come out on the other side, a healthier, happier, more badassy version of myself. I very much could have chosen a different route in my survival phase. I could have drank. I could have done drugs. I could have continue to choose unhealthy partners and continue that toxic relationship pattern through my brother. uh, I will say this, alcohol was an issue for him. I knew that going that route was not going to serve me in any way. So as much as I didn't want to feel all of these things that I had to feel 
I knew that pushing through all that pain, I was going to come out on top. I I was going to come out okay because I was choosing to let it transform me, even though it sucked and it was terrible and I was mad and angry and sad and upset. All of the feels I, at the end of the day, would go to bed just really proud of myself of how I handled that. And when I talk about shame and guilt, if there was a day that I didn't handle it as well as I would have liked, I was able to turn that around because I knew that I had other positive, uplifting coping skills that could bring me right back, you know, to the space where I I felt well and I felt uplifted. Pain, yes, can absolutely transform you and it can transform you into a better version of yourself if you will let it. I think what I'm hearing too is like accepting the pain and not numbing the pain, hiding from the pain. It's like you got to a point where you're ready to tackle it, knowing the only way out is through, which yeah. sounds so cliche, but it's so true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and so many people do choose to pick up the bottle, to gossip, you know, all of these forms of negative coping skills. And so I'm curious your view on how to, how to switch that mindset. You mentioned awareness, which I think is a really crucial piece, but for someone who does feel stuck and is in that numbing phase, what would you recommend? What do they want their life to look like in a year, in two years? I had a very good example of if I chose to drink and I, if I chose to go out and party or if I chose to handle it a different way, it can lead you to really dark places that is going to be much harder to work through than if feeling stuck and choosing the next right step, positive step. I don't necessarily think being stuck is a bad thing. You just don't want to stay stuck for a long time. And if stuck is where you're at, that's okay. Just know that there are positive ways to move forward. And I would hope that they would choose to fight for those positive ways rather than choose something negative. It's just not going to take you to a place that you want to go. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I think with my circumstances of, you know, getting pregnant so young, I saw how an unhealthy relationship bound me to that decision for the next 20 years of my life. I saw how alcohol and drugs affected someone's mental health and how they felt about themselves that took them to, you know, the path of suicide with my brother. And these are just very extreme examples, but I've lived those extreme examples. So I can tell you those choices little by little will either take you to that better version of yourself, or they're going to take you somewhere that you probably don't want to end up. Self-awareness, I think, and just like hearing those stories of paths that really can go two different ways and you you have a choice you really do even if it, you're in survival mode i think we are aware of what choices are going to help us what choices are going to set us back you've got to fight really for which one that you want to choose and just because if you choose the more negative one one day it doesn't mean you can't choose a positive one the next day i took two steps forward one step back for years during my grieving process. But now that I'm here, I'm so grateful that I chose, you know, more positive choices than the negative ones. Well, another choice too, is to share your story and how you got through it. You know, I think 
anybody listening that feels like they've been through something challenging, I'd encourage you to, to talk about it. You know, whether you come on our podcast or you share it with someone else, it's powerful. I mean, that's why people read books. That's why people listen to podcasts. I know when Brooke's been in a low spot, she floods herself with positive messages because sometimes you need to get help outside yourself. If you feel stuck and you sometimes just can't do it yourself, like you're too low, your brain can't even function Mm -hmm. the way that you need to function. And so I'm so happy that you're talking about your experience because it can help so many people get unstuck by hearing how you did it. I hope so. I mean, that, that is the point in sharing such intimate details of my life. It's, it's a lot, but I always share it in hopes that it can help someone when people see the success side of my story. I'm so proud of that, but I'm more proud, you know, of all the hard work that it took to get here. And I'm happy to share that to let people know healing is possible, you know, feeling alive, joyful, happy. It's possible, but I had to choose that. I I really did have to choose day in to get my ass out of bed to go to the gym, to go to my yoga classes, to read my books, to journal, to choose healthy partnerships, to choose good friends. I had to choose that. And that that wasn't easy every single day. You have two daughters that have watched this. I keep thinking about them and like having a mom that's an MMA fighter, like that's so <laughs> badass. And and more than that, like you're a yoga instructor and you have a an awesome, powerful presence on social media. So I'm curious how your daughters feel and and how you've kind of shared this image of strength and being a fighter with them. You know, what has that been like? We would have to ask them. <laughs> like, they absolutely have seen me struggle, but they also have seen me work really hard to be well and succeed. So I know when people ask them, oh, your mom fights, they're like, yeah, you know, it's cool, but it was so much more than that. You know, being an athlete and then having kids, they're in the trenches with me. You know, they are sometimes at home when I'm at the gym. They're eating clean food with me, whether they didn't want to have that dinner. Yes, they have seen me struggle, but they have absolutely seen me thrive. And, you know, through all of that, I hope that, you know, they know that they can do hard things. We did a lot of hard things together. A lot. (laughs) So I don't know, we'd have to ask them. But (laughs) I mean, I don't want to speak for them, like you're saying, but to see their mom pick herself up time and time again, to choose the hard choice in the moment, knowing that down the road, it would lead to, I don't want to say the easier life, but the life worth living down Mm -hmm. the road, like, what an example you are and how lucky they are to have you as a mom. I, I'm so lucky I get to be their mom every day. You know, I'm so grateful that I get to be their mom. They are beautiful women, hardworking, smart, intelligent, strong. And I think people see this such strong version of me, which is great. I absolutely am resilient, strong. And I show up in that energy because that's authentically who I am. But, you know, the softer parts of me also what they get to see and be with. And I hope that part of me is also something, you know, that they take with them. I, I could have been angry and hateful and mean. They they have definitely softened me, you know, and have helped me stay loving and just so grateful 
you know, for, for life and to be a mom and to do all the things that I get to do, you know, even in the midst of hardships and pain and all the other crap, you know, but. Yeah, it's beautiful that they see this real raw side of you. I think you can be this tough mom that doesn't talk about anything and doesn't show them the hardship, but they're eventually going to have hardship too and have you as an example. So we don't know what exactly maybe they're taking from you. We could ask them, but what are you hoping that you're showing them as an example for them? I hope that I am showing them resiliency. I hope that I'm showing them unconditional love, self-compassion, and how to continue to fight for themselves. I don't love saying it because I do actually fight, but it's so fitting. I literally have had to choose to keep fighting for myself. You know, that was fighting for myself through being a young mom. I had no idea who I was, you know, when I had them. So they have literally grown up with me. And I hope that they see that I really fought for them to thrive in their own lives. But then I also fought for me and they will see that when they have their own kids, that just because you're a mom doesn't mean you have everything figured out. And moms wear so many hats and self does get lost. And that's something that I really had to fight for was figuring out who I am. How do I want to show up for life in being a mom and being an athlete and being an entrepreneur, all of these things. So I, I hope that they see that they can do it all too and that they will keep fighting for them and their goals and their dreams and who they want to be because it's not easy. You know, women wear so many hats and self gets lost. I love that message. And something I keep hearing you when you say fight, what I'm hearing is taking ownership that yeah. you have the choice and which choice you choose is ultimately yours. So mm -hmm. I think that's an awesome reminder that if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling disconnected from you, like that is on you to do the mm -hmm. work to find yourself again. Mm -hmm. You know, something that really stuck with me was no one's coming to save me. If I want to feel better, I have to do the work to mm -hmm. figure it out. And it's not easy, but it is yeah. worth it. And so as you're saying that, all I can think is that radical honesty with yourself, mm -hmm. sitting down with yourself and be like, something's got to change. What what choices are you making? Hold that mirror up to yourself and take ownership. Which absolutely is not easy, you know, especially if there are mental health conditions, mm -hmm. if there's trauma, if there's hardships, if there's not a lot of support, which a lot of women don't have. They don't have a lot of support, you know, in motherhood or being a wife or whatever it is. So it's not easy. So when we just say you have to choose, it's not easy. It it would be very easy to choose to, you know, stay, you know, like we talked about stuck and living the same life day in and day out, which is fine. You know, if that's what you choose and that's what makes you happy, you know, there's no judgment, there's nothing. But if you do have that passion or motivation or knowingness that there is more, you know, you can be doing more. It absolutely is possible. And yeah, you will have to choose to go in that direction day in and day out. Yeah. At what point did you decide to create your business and become an entrepreneur in the midst of all of this? So I'm a personal trainer. I was always into fitness. I did fitness competitions for a long time. So I got into personal training 
what was a unique niche that I had was the fighting and mitt work. And so when I realized I had this other skill that not a lot of trainers had, I just ran with it. I knew how empowering mitt work was for me. So I started to teach women. I started to do group events. And then, you know, with being an athlete, I had certain sponsorships available to me. So I started putting together these group workouts for women. It kind of took off from there. Not every woman fights, not every personal trainer, you know, can offer that specific type of training. So I just put it all together, you know, with the purpose of empowering women, as cheesy as it sounds, we need it every single day. We need people to motivate us, to uplift us, to show us that there is more than what we're currently doing or living. You know, it, it just came together and I just ran with it. I love that though. It's like you've said from childhood, you had this like interest, right? And I think I did, yeah. we all have these things that like speak to us and they're like the thing that makes you weird, right? It's like this, like, <laughs> this thing that makes you weird or the black sheep or stand out or like you're weird for a reason or it's calling you for a reason. And I don't know how many years it took you to realize that, but then you can create uh-huh. a business I'm- out of it. It's like your mm-hmm. uniqueness is what will set you apart in the business mm-hmm. that you could own or the life you want to lead. It's, you're not a mm-hmm. weirdo. Like you can, <laughs> you could do what Cammy did and, and coach women and train women to, and men to get into fighting and to see how it can empower you. It's awesome. And that's the thing with fighting. I don't think people pick up the training because they actually are going to fight. That's not the goal for most people. The goal for most people is they want those attributes. You know, they want to feel confident. They want to gain that mental toughness. They want a new way of training that is more exciting than just walking on the treadmill or maybe they get burnt out with their weight. So I think that's what is so appealing about even the training is people will gain those benefits. You know, that confidence, that self-assurance that, you know, you get a little gritty and you do feel a little bit badassy. Like it is very empowering to hit mitts and take a punch and throw back. All of those skills are awesome life skills that anyone, you know, I think wants to obtain, even if they're not going in the ring to fight someone. So I'm curious what life right now looks like for you because you started personal training, you found your niche, your uniqueness, Uh and it's working. And so right now with being an entrepreneur, what does that look like for you? Right now, I am currently living in Las Vegas. I'm originally from Utah. Both of my daughters are in college now living their best lives. So I have this unique opportunity to have some freedom. And I wanted to get out of Utah. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. So I'm in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is the hub for fighting. So there's a lot of fight stuff going on and happening, but I am actually teaching yoga to athletes. For all athletes, their sport eventually ends. So I'm on the tail end of fighting and I realized that, but it gets me excited to move on to the next chapter in life. I am so ready to close chapter one of all of that and move on to chapter two. So right now, I am still currently training to fight. I, I got offered something for something in February. So I'm figuring out if that's you know the route that I want to take and I want to take that fight. But I am also uh, creating and building yoga for athletes. Yoga is just such a nice complement to all of the high-intensity training that I was doing. 
but then also allows me to work with the community, work with the everyday woman and do yoga and mitt work and combine both of those things together. So that's what I'm up to now. I still do uh, a lot of social media things. I am moving into speaking. It is uh, a lifelong passion of mine. I, you know, I was born with this story and there's a lot that I still want to share and speak. So a, a lot of athletes go that route of speaking. So I, that is part of the plan. I am honestly enjoying where I am right now in life. I've actually never been single and not had kids. I did like backwards. So like I told you, I had them really young. My girls really young. I was married really young. And this is the first time ever that I've been on my own, not living with children and being in a new space. So I'm in a good spot. I'm working all the business opportunities and growing my brand and my business and really taking downtime to enjoy where I'm at because it's a beautiful spot and I'm savoring every moment. It's taken a lot to get here. Oh, we're so happy for you. That sounds, <laughs> it's like full circle. Like you said, it's like it really, kind of went backwards, but yeah. And you know, you as a business owner now and then like just owning your life and now, you know, from seeing how you're running your business and, and reading your mission statements and seeing you on social media, like what message do you kind of hoping to deliver to your audience, your followers, your clients? I am teaching women how to be resilient. My message is keep fighting for you and life is working for you, not against you, but you have to choose to let it. Oh, it's so powerful. I love that. And you can tell by following you and hearing you speak like you're doing just that. I couldn't sum up a better mission. <laughs> I couldn't put it in better words. So thank you so much for your vulnerability, for sharing your resilience with us. It inspires us. And Andrew and I have that fire within us. And speaking to other people who have that just helps light other fires around us too. So, so important to share the work you're doing. And we're so grateful for you. We're wondering where people can find you because they're going to want to follow you after listening to this. <laughs> and I would love to have them in my life. All of my social media handles are at Cami Adams. Cami is C-A-M-E-E. -E. That's just a different way of spelling it. So hopefully it's a little easier to remember. And then Adams. And for a lot of my story and how to contact me for personal training or group events, workshops, it's my website, which is www.camiadams.com. All right. And now it's time for your three gold stars. One of my gold stars is finding coping skills that work for you and your life. We absolutely need positive coping skills. The second gold star would be movement. I don't know how many times I have felt depressed, anxious, grief, whatever that emotion or feeling was. And I just went out and moved and it changed my whole day. So get out and move, please. <laughs> it's so helpful. And the third gold star is keep fighting for you. No, no one else is going to do that for you. All right. Next up are our three questions that you have no idea we're going to ask you on Leisha and Ivy questions. <laughs> and mine just has to do with just from following you, just like absorbing your content and you're multifaceted, right? You don't just talk about fighting. You don't just talk about grief. You talk about life and all kinds of mental health struggles and tips for 
you know, excelling physically. I feel like you've taught me so much just (laughs) from going through your content. And one thing you said in one of your posts really struck me. And I feel like I would love for you to just elaborate on this. So you said, do your daughters a favor and raise them to be okay with people not liking them. So as many women who listen can relate to being a people pleaser or we have this natural tendency to want to be liked, how have you tried to create this lesson for your daughters? Building that inner self-confidence and assurance that they are loved no matter what by me, that everybody has a unique path and you are not going to have everybody like you. And that doesn't mean that you're not a good person or that you're not amazing and lovable. And continuing to help them find their own unique lane. Like when you are doing something different, it is different. And people are are unsure how to approach you or you get worried how you're going to be perceived. And they're beautiful, strong, talented women. And it's okay if people don't like them, if they are shining bright, if they are succeeding, People don't know, you know, all the things that people go through to get to where they are. Most often we just see people succeeding and you don't see, you know, all the behind scenes that got them to where they've gotten. So I I really just make sure that they know that they are loved by me unconditionally. And if they like themselves and how they're living life and what they're doing, it is absolutely okay if people don't like them. That. I think that's a constant reminder that everyone needs. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. People's opinions of you aren't your business. That's something I heard <laughs> that it's always stuck with me and so true. It's tough. It's easy to forget. It's tough <laughs> though because you want to be liked, but it's that's a great reminder. Thank you for that. Okay. My question has to do with fighting. Your mm-hmm. nickname is Double Whammy <laughs> and I want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know why too. <laughs> this is this is what happened. Uh, my second fight, my fight gym was putting on the local fights, and so they were in charge of the announcing, putting on the event, all of the above. So it's my second fight. I didn't have a nickname yet. Usually, they are appointed to you. That's just how it works. And they said, "Cammy, double whammy," and I was like, "What is this?" But it's stuck and I've kept it and I've never asked why they gave me that. I just said, cool, okay. My name. <laughs> I guess it kind of rhymes. Like yeah. cammy whammy. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds, sounds good and it rhymed and it worked. Was it so. around the time that the double whammy show was on TV? I don't think so. I never heard of it. I don't know. I tell myself it's because I did fitness and fighting, but I have no idea actually why <laughs> she gave that to me. But that it's is. worked. Cammy so double funny. whammy. I love it. <laughs> All right. And last question. What is one thing you wish you would have known sooner? How capable I am. All of us have a tremendous amount of self-doubt. And again, fighting really just showed me how limiting my beliefs were and how capable I really am. Beautiful. Love it. We could talk to you forever. I know. You are full <laughs> of gold. Again, Thank you. We Thank are you. So, yes, we're so grateful for your time. And we yeah. can't wait to support you come February, if that is something you do decide. Yeah. Got two fans here. Yes. Yeah. We'll <laughs> fly out to Vegas, come watch a fight. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so. I just want to thank you too for, you know, like Brooke said, your vulnerability 
And, you know, being a figure, a social figure is, I think, so important when you have that, that visibility to people to show what you've came through so that they don't think you're just like, you just had a walk in the Mm -hmm. park. Like, you know, everybody has a story and I just want to encourage, share it. If you're listening right now, share your story like Cammie has, because you can look at her and think that she hasn't been through anything. And you've been through tremendous amounts of pain and grief and showing the world that you are a fighter in many ways is so powerful. And I'm just honored that you are a part of Ivy Unleashed. I feel like I, I just want to hug you. I hate that Zoom is what we have to like see you through, <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me and thank you for creating your business. I know it's not easy and it's inspiring to see women also doing their thing and thriving and succeeding. It, it's beautiful. It really is. Well, we leave our listeners with a piece of gold. This is a quote that speaks to you. Would you like to share yours with our listeners? It's keep fighting for you. No one else will can do that for you but you. So keep fighting for you. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold. <laughs> <laughs>